Welcome to Travel Unites Us, a podcast featuring stories straight from the heart of travel. I'm Aaron Schlein, and I'll be your co-pilot on this journey. My friend Rich D'Ambrosio and I started Travel Unites Us to share the human stories from real travelers, stories that get to the heart of who they are and what they do. Rich will be your host on this episode. Be sure to check out TravelUnitesUs.com for all the latest from the Travel Unites Us community. There we are. Hey, Crystal. Hey, Richard. How are you doing today? I'm okay. Got my coffee. Cheers. Cheers. So um, I just am so thrilled to be talking to this incredible person. Um, Crystal has a spirit that we need to multiply um, in this industry exponentially um, because the travel industry is going through a tremendous upheaval. We have no idea where it's going to go. And it's it's not any different than I know quite a few industries. But I think what you should take away from today is that there are people like Crystal out there who have honed a skill set. And, and it's interesting because Crystal has honed a skill set both to help anybody here who's a traveler, who's looking for a great travel planner. She can serve you there. But Crystal's other skill set is helping other entrepreneurs like herself figure out how to get as good as she's gotten in her career. And so we're gonna we're gonna have to kind of meld these two um, viewers today and meld these two narratives about her life um, during uh, this discussion. And we're just gonna go for it right now. So Crystal, start off. Where are you currently physically located? So I am currently right now, um, as of today, in North Houston. So in the Woodlands area, there's a lot of people yeah, I know the familiar Woodlands. with that. So yep, that's where I am in Texas, where I've been for about the last seven months. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, I was living in uh, North Chicago. Prior to that, I was living in Germany. <laughs> and uh, the reason for all the moves, prior to that, I was in several other places because I was married to a man in the army. And so I was a military spouse for 11 years. So we've been seven times, 11 years. We just finally made our permanent residence here in Texas. Wow. So you are a global traveler. Yes. And, uh, and, a, and a travel advisor who can help people go global. <laughs> yes. That's how I found myself in this profession, actually. And so let, there's a perfect segue. There so you <laughs> how did you get into what you're doing today? And what did you do before? So... Before that, I had a hodgepodge of several different jobs. Prior to being a military spouse, I did event planning, and I was a contractor out in Long Beach, California, uh, to do a special event. I worked. I was a contractor for special events and filming out there. It seemed like a completely different lifetime ago. Um, and then I found myself married to this army man and moved around the world. And it was actually the first time I had ever been out of the country was to move to Germany. And he deployed uh, a couple months later for a year. And so during that time, that's when I got the travel bug because I thought, well, I could sit here on this army base and feel really, really sad. Or um, my aunt and uncle gifted me a Rick Steves guidebook. And so I just went for it (laughs) and then ended up with the collaboration of other amazing spouses there. We, we traveled together. And I totally fell in love and we got the travel bug. And then when my husband came home, we went for it. We just, we were all over the place every long weekend. We were on a plane or on a train somewhere. We loved it. 
So where did um, that come from? Was it was it literally the Rick Steves book, or do you think you had the travel bug and the Rick Steves book was just a catalyst? So I got to tell you, I was from this really small town in Kansas, and I remember sitting in college. I went to University of Kansas, and I was dating my husband, and he had done study abroad. And I, my family did not come from a lot of money. They were not world travelers. And so I remember him, he had a postcard of Schwanstein up on his wall. And I remember him looking at me one day and going, I'm going to take you there one day. And I thought, yeah, man, what a line. You know, I've been to that castle so many times now. I can give the tour. I can give the tour in the background. Last group I took through there, you know, it's so hard to hear because it's so echoey. I, I found myself going, oh, like, you know, please notice the mosaic tiles on the floor brought in from Austria. And the note, the chandelier is actually glass. It's color. It's not colored crystal, as he said. And so I think I always wanted to go. I had the wanderlust, but it, it just seems so out of reach. And mm -hmm. so now, now I know it's not out of reach. Now I know it's right. a matter of priority planning, what it is you want to do. And that's part of what I do now is try and connect people to the possibility. So what I'm hearing and, and challenge me if I'm wrong <laughs> is you're in Germany. You've got this Rick Steves book. What, the, the Rick Steves book, was it like his Europe book? What was the? It was a Rick Steves Germany book. Uh -huh. I thought, well, let's just kind of figure where we were. That I was living sense. in Mannheim, Germany at the time. And uh, the first place we went when we wandered off base was over to Heidelberg that castle on the Rhine, that beautiful mm -hmm. castle on the Rhine. And, um, and so what happens when you live overseas is now everybody wants to come visit you. Nobody's super thrilled to visit you when you're in Fort Bragg, North Carolina. But man, if you're in Germany, everybody and their mother wants to visit you. And so now you're scrambling to figure out, okay, everybody's coming to visit. What do we go do? Where do we go show them? Because nobody wants to spend, um, that much money on a plane ticket, they're really not coming to visit you. They're coming to visit the country. Right. And so from there, we started um, taking people to Munich and we started to find our, our footing. And then we started taking family members to Paris. And so then it would morph that everybody would call and now they're calling and they want my advice. They want me to help plan their vacation. Well, you know, if you come <laughs> here, we could actually, we could jump up to London for a couple of days and we could go see this or, um, and then I was really fortunate to have family. Um, my cousin at the time moved to Milan. And so now we have family in Italy. So now we have connections in Italy. So we're down there to visit them. Um, so it really just kind of morphed into something else. And so then when we ended up coming back stateside, and I said, okay, I'm going to go back to work. Because when I was overseas, I was working for Department of Defense Schools as a full-time sub. Because you kind of take whatever kind of oddball job you can find when you're over there because you're limited by what jobs you can take based on SOFA agreements, things like this. So um, I'm ready to move back. I want to go back to work. Um, I'm pregnant and I have a baby and she's born with a brain deformity and she's born with special needs. And so going back to work in the traditional sense became not an option for me because we were doing doctor's appointments several times a week, um, therapy appointments, things of this nature. We end up getting stationed back in Germany and we're there for a couple of years and he's working as an exchange officer with the German army. So again, we thought, man, this is our opportunity and we're just going to travel some more. We're just going to keep going for it and we're going to take our daughter because we now understand 
more than so many people, I think we have this unique perspective of life is precious and life is limited and we just don't know what we don't know. And so um, my daughter is seven years old. She's played in the fountains of the Vatican. She has run around the beaches of Normandy. She's been to all these amazing places and she has no idea. She just did her uh, hundred day school project and she got to list out the hundred places that she's been because we just, we just went for it. So then when we came back here again, um, she's starting kindergarten and I'm getting the itch. I'm ready to go back to work. And I, and still I'm planning everybody's vacations and I'm sending them itineraries via a word document. And I thought now surely there's gotta be a way to turn this into a career. And I stumbled across Ashley Matesh McCoy in a military spouse magazine. And she is talking about travel advisors and how travel is a perfect career for military spouses. So I start doing some digging, a little bit of cyber stalking, as I like to tell her now, (laughs) as we all end up doing. And I come across her and I come across the ladies that give to Travel Network. And we're talking, they're just talking about how this is a growing career field. It is a it was the perfect fit for me to move into because I still got the ability to work from home. So I love my flex schedule. I love being able to take off, to take off, take, take her to her therapy appointments. I don't have to ask permission for that, but I also got to take a skill set that I know and I love and apply it as well. So it just was a perfect marriage. Yeah. Oh, I've got so many followers because your story has so many layers um you know a person who gets exposed to travel by uh life choice marriage and marriage to a military um spouse um you know the the grace of an aunt and uncle who say i'm hoping while you're there you're gonna go look around (laughs) germany and then people were willing to join you on that do you see any common threads in the people in your life and how that has made you fall in love with travel. You know, the people who, who wanted to go traveling with you, who were willing to go to Germany, were they first time travelers? And, and was there something about being with them and going on those trips that seems to fit into this arc of your life? So it's absolutely all of that. Um, so connections with people are so important to me. On an Enneagram scale, I'm a two. So if you've heard any familiarity with that, um, the caretaker, the host, all of that, it's so fit in perfectly. And uh, when I made all of the connections I made in my military spouse community and all of the trips that we took together to go Polish pottery shopping, to uh, do a quick quick day trips over the border into France, to... Um, most of our ship, most of our trips were all shopping oriented into Tonga and Belgium, antique markets, but then the connections that we would make with each other of, you know, if you're going to go to Rome, you really need to check out this off the wall, off the beat market that I found, because now you've got people that had been living there for about 10 years who had are more well-traveled than you are. And so to be able to tap into that experience and that knowledge. And then, um, so my business is serendipitous traveler is what I had started in and we specialized in girlfriend getaways and the girlfriend getaway model really was born out of that experience because the military spouses that I met then 11 years ago, we still travel annually today. 
we try to get together somewhere, some years it works out better than others, but we just all returned from a girl's cruise uh, in, at the beginning of February. We did a Norwegian cruise together to celebrate some birthday milestones and we had a great time. And so in years past, we've done trips to Vegas, to New York. We would do shopping trips while we were in Europe. And I know how therapeutic that, that experience is for me every year. So I try now to encourage other women to do the same. And you know, that, um, are there any without naming names? Cause we don't want to have to, you know, to do yeah. that early, but do you find that the people that have sort of become part of this travel tribe, that that therapeutic aspect, is that, you know, a big part of it? Cause shopping can be therapy. Yes. <laughs> Wellness and spa treatments yep. can be therapy. Therapy comes in a, in a variety of forms. We're all so different, but do you find that your tribe sort of is looking for some kind of therapy? <laughs> I think that um, in my experience, all women, and I'm saying this very vaguely, and I know there are people that are going to disagree, but I think all women really do need the break outside of their homes and outside of their jobs and outside of their spouses. And I think it is a form of therapy to have connections with other females yes. that they cannot find on their, in their day-to-day lives at home. Yep. Totally agree. I'm, I'm looking off to the right because I'm writing some notes because I definitely <laughs> want to talk more about you throughout the, the next couple of weeks. And, and some of the things you're saying are so perfect. Um, so now you're at this point where um, here we are, COVID-19. Um, mm -hmm. We are all shut down. How is your travel business responding to your clients? What have you been doing the last couple of weeks? Um, how does that demonstrate why somebody like you is the best option for travelers? So my clients, I think, are of the more fortunate bunch because a majority of my clientele had traveled beforehand and then the rest were traveling at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And so when all of this had started, we were in the process. I've got uh, clients that were traveling in August and in September, mostly. And when all of this was starting to form in February, I was able to call them all and say, okay, well, we've got your itinerary set. We've got a plan in place. Let's put a pin in it. Let's hold it. And um, I got a little bit of pushback from people in my community because I think the idea is to sell, 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 because this is a business at the end of the day and we all want to make money and I can appreciate that wholeheartedly. However, now that things are evolving, we're starting to realize the seriousness of the situation. We're starting to realize how fast this is snowballing and how fluid the situation is. We, it is every day evolving. Um, I laugh because I think I eat, breathe, sleep, coronavirus. I'm sure you're feeling the same thing right now. <laughs> all of that all Unfortunately, I go to bed at night listening to the BBC podcast about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a dream about it the other night. I had a dream about coronavirus the other night and talking. Luckily, I haven't gone there yet. But my gosh, but it, so now it's a matter of calling all my clients and giving them weekly updates and saying, all right, for right now, nobody's saying no travel in August. I still think we need to put a pin in it. Right. still think we need to change thing to just to hold things because certainly nothing between now and then is going to sell out. Prices are not changing. I'm watching that constantly. 
Right. Um, but what I do know is that the risk that we take to try and disentangle you from cancellations because cancellation policies keep changing constantly. Again, that's a fluid process. Um, airline policies are changing constantly. Insurance coverage policies are changing constantly as they were reclassifying this from a regular situation to now the pandemic that completely shifted everything. And so the ability to just call them regularly, give them updates. This is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm doing. I think has got given them all a great peace of mind. And then on the flip side of it, as you said before, now I wear a second hat and I'm a partner in Kinship Vacations. And we just went as a full independent host agency at the beginning of this year. So now the rest of my days are spent talking to other travel agents and helping them figure out the best way to consult clients, to talk them through things. If we know that we've got clients that are traveling April 8th, we know that April 8th, they're, pro they're not going to be able to travel Hawaii. Last night, Hawaii just went on 14-day mandatory quarantine. Right. But to be able to look at them and say, okay, let's figure out the best timing to cancel your flights. Let's not make knee-jerk reactions. Let's figure out how we can best do this to protect the client, to protect them, to protect their dollars. Because at the end of the day, that is what we are. We're advisors. We're here to make sure that they're all taken care of. And then we're the ones on hold for a good chunk of the day taking care of all that. My clients haven't had to sit on hold for anything, which I think is a huge benefit. <laughs> So on a very practical basis, you're taking a burden off your client's shoulders. Mm -hmm. On a practical basis, you're offering advice to people in your profession who um, may not have the view of things the way you do, the, the experience and the thought process that helps them think through how do I communicate mm -hmm. to people. But there's this other thing that I'm hearing that goes back to something you said a few minutes ago. You're a travel therapist. Yeah. <laughs> the same way you provide therapy in some form through travel when things are good, you're also acting like a therapist for your clients, <laughs> whether they're consumers or, or other travel entrepreneurs. It's true. It's true. We're just spending most of the day, Richard and I joked before we came live, like we're spending most of our days talking people off the ledge and like really just trying to make everybody have like calm, you know, calm decisions in all of this. And so, um, most of the day starts with um, somebody very frustrated about something and I'm like, right, how can we problem solve this and work our way backwards to get the best solution for everybody involved? And I think that's one of the main points we're going to be making over the next few weeks as we interview more travel advisors like Crystal is so many people, including my, my very best male friend, um, say to me things like when they hear who I speak to and who I consult with and I also write in the travel industry and they go, travel agents, travel advisors, who needs them when you've got Expedia and booking.com and you can book mm -hmm. direct on this travel supplier. And I, and I have told them not only are they still out there, but for a large portion of the population, this is the preferred way to plan travel. That the, the, the volume of options, the complexity, and certainly in a times of, of crisis, why you would want to do this yourself is beyond me. I had a business trip for next Tuesday. I booked it with JetBlue because the conference was hosting me at the hotels. I didn't need to book a hotel. Um, and I was just going to get a lift from the airport to the hotel. And now I've got to go into JetBlue's email and <laughs> fix that. 
I've got to decide what am I going to do with this? Am I going to move it? Because they're going to move the conference to the end of May, but is it really going to be okay to travel at the end of May? So now I'm going to have to go move it again. And I'm, I'm telling you right now, as busy as I'm not because of the world crashing down around our ears, <laughs> I'm still busy. And one more thing for me to do doesn't make me a happy person. So anybody out there who's a consumer, anybody out there in the industry, share this interview. We want to get the message out that why the heck, given Crystal's business model, which can reduce the cost both personally and in your bank account in booking a vacation, why would you not use a travel planner? What, what are you so enamored with this kind of aggravation that you wouldn't choose somebody like Crystal and her peers? So let's go in a, a slightly different direction now. Um, what are you doing to keep connections and to stay united with your suppliers, with your clients? How are you doing that in a time where you can't go? I mean, for example, your girl getaways, you just got back from the Norwegian cruise trip. You know, how are you staying in touch with them? Um, are people still thinking, you know, Crystal, we can't wait to dream about the next trip. How are you going to do that in this kind of crazy time? So right now it's a pivot of, um, I'm really lucky because I have just awesome clients. And so we have a private Facebook group and a private Facebook community that we keep in touch with. And then of course, a really good travel agent out there is going to have a weekly easing, a newsletter something to get out and connect because, and so right now, like everybody else at home, we're living in the digital space. Right. So social media connections, things like that um, with the personal group that I travel continually with, we've got our own obviously Facebook thread. So, and none of it is now pushing you to travel. That would be silly right now. I don't want you to travel next month. I want you to stay home. So while you're staying home, let's travel virtually. So right now, if you're in my Facebook group, you're getting all the pings and all the link outs, the same thing on my newsletters to all of the cool uh, museums that you can go through virtually, the Louvre, all the great art museums that are out there. NASA just released their entire library. Phenomenal. So that's so fun for me. Um, I'm geeking out over that. Uh, if you got to catch Garth Brooks did a concert on his Facebook page on Monday night, how fun is that? And Debbie Allen is teaching dance classes in her Instagram. And there's a chef in Italy who's doing, um, it's if you follow hashtag quarantine kitchen, he's, doing, <laughs> he's a Michelin star chef that's doing cooking classes from quarantine his home kitchen. I love it. And then right now there are so many um, people out there that are pivoting in Italy, especially because you're, you know, they're getting obviously super hit and tourism is such a big part of their industry. So there's this Nana out there who used to teach pasta making classes, whose granddaughter set her up on a live feed. So you can sign up to do pasta making classes with Nana still <laughs> um, via video. And some people are doing cooking classes uh, for donations. Some are charging for their classes. And I think that that's such a really great way to not only break up the, the, the monotony in your own home, and I don't know about everybody else, but I've got two small kids at home, two and seven. So now I've become a teacher overnight as well as a travel advisor. Right. So we're trying to incorporate all of these really fun things into our daily lesson plans as well. And so um, right now it's all about loving on my community and trying to get them to share with, you know, I've got a lot of them that are private messaging me things. Um, 
that are too shy to maybe post it in the group, but you know, I right. really think people would get a kick out of this. So I throw that in there as well, because right now it's all a matter of we're all in this together. We're all at home together. So what are you doing? Help give me some ideas. And so that's the communication that we have out right now. So for anybody who's watching, um, either on the B2B side or yeah. a potential prospect for you, think about those two entities. Who is your ideal client? Who, who if they see themselves in a certain way, um, are probably gonna make the deepest connection with you and find that you can intuitively curate the great, great trip. And for suppliers who may be meeting you for the first time here and wondering, how can someone fall in love with me between now and the return of travel? And I'm gonna to wanna to work with that person because we're gonna make a deep connection. Can you describe those two personalities? Are they the same personality, just doing different things? Or do you find that you attract and are attracted to certain types of clients and certain types of suppliers? So I think they are two slightly different hats. And from the consumer side of things and for girlfriend getaways, who I connect the most with is the busy working mom, busy working woman, busy woman who desperately wants to get away. And one of the things that Serendipitous Traveler was going to launch at the end of the year, because one thing I heard over and over again from my community was, I wanna go on a girlfriend getaway, I don't have friends to travel. My friends either don't have the finances to be able to do that, but I want that. So I said, okay, fine. So Serendipitous Traveler was going to start launching their own hosted group getaways this year. Now with Corona, we might be putting a pin with that. There's an ever-evolving conversation. However, 2021 is still wide open. So those are the conversations we're having right now. And so it is, and it's a woman. I love you all, man. I love you, Richard. It's okay. We're looking for, but, we're looking for, but we're looking for women who are needing the connections with other women. And then our kids are primarily focused on uh, around a lot of, there's a big culinary aspect to our trips. Um, a lot of my, a lot of my women are foodies. They don't mind spending a little bit extra money for a quality thing. Um, so a lot of um, higher premium to more luxury accommodations, um, but a trip that has also evolved around an activity or doing things. So out to um, my, my girls love like the G adventures wellness trips that are out there, things like that to um, have a, it's a holistic aspect mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, and a friend then, of mine um, who runs a yoga shop, uh, I haven't talked mm -hmm. to her in a couple of weeks now. She started last year or two years ago doing yoga wellness trips, mostly mm -hmm. for her clients who they were women who were coming to her yoga shop specifically for the purpose of a break for some self care, mm -hmm. like you said earlier. And at some point, a bunch of them said, gee, wouldn't it be great if we could go do this together for an extended yes. period of time, a number of days and nights where we really get away from the house, where we get that break that you des mm -hmm. described earlier. And, and she put it together and she's been famously successful with it. They love it. Yeah. And, and that really is, you know, for anybody out there who's a consumer of experiences in your life, travel can be an extension of that. I mean, you know, my, my, I'm the father of a daughter and two boys. My oldest daughter is a maniacal sports fan. And when I go to sports stadiums with her, I'm embarrassed because everybody's going, why is she so loud? Who is that woman? 
Um, <laughs> and my 20 year old was a baseball player and athlete and he's in college now. And we love going to sport events. So that's a part of my life that can be extended to going on a trip to Boston and going to Fenway Park or, you know, maybe doing two cities in five days. And, and if someone does that for a living, they know they love sports too. They love baseball or whatever, and they could find their way into my sphere. I would be attracted to them. Mm-hmm. And what you described was perfect. So now who are some of the suppliers that you're looking for? You've mentioned G adventures that you work with them. Describe a little bit more. If anybody's a supplier, why should they want to work with you? Because maybe there's a, there's a symbiosis between the two of you. So suppliers that I love working with are looking to, as the small groups. So a small group focus, a focus that can help curate a really great, um, a really great adventure is the best way to put it. A really great adventure and somebody who is willing to work and help customize things along the way, but also really willing to kind of get get to know a travel advisor. I think so many, I think so many of these relationships tend to be one way and really, I think really like to go from advisor to supplier. And I think right now it, I love, I love suppliers that take the time to get to know the advisor that take the time to get to know what makes them tick right? and try to get a way to fit their product into the, into the advisor's role and not the other way around. Because what's really great about it is that, advisors have the opportunity to bring um, so much business to suppliers, right? But like a really, in a really curated and unique way. Um, a girlfriend getaway that focuses on like a yoga retreat and things like that is gonna look different than a girlfriend getaway that focuses on the culinary aspect. It's gonna look slightly different. And there's gonna be parts of that that intersect, but being able to pivot in those moments and really get to know like what actually is the affinity for this group, what makes this group so special. So like for my personal travel group, our affinity is that we're military spouses. So that's the com- that's the commonality that we have all together. And so we are so you all- You know there's stressors. You yes. know the challenges and the life narratives that they've probably had are probably somewhat similar to you. So, so there's that, you know, I, I tell people all the time, a lot of what we say and do is a big part of how people relate to us. But I think there's something else that just comes through very subconsciously because of what you said earlier. There's an affinity that we naturally have. We may not even be aware of it, but we often say, wow, I don't know why, but I really like that person. So and I, I, that's what I think I'm hearing is that these people know you. And, and even if they don't know your entire narrative, they can pick up on it. And they, you're, you're their Pied Piper. They want to, they want to be part of your tribe. Well, then they want to connect because you're solving a problem at the end of the day. And you're, you're solving, solving a problem. You're there to help relieve a stress. You are there to help um, give them a unique experience. You're there to help give them um, space and an opportunity. And for, you know, my particular clients, that space and opportunity is the ability and the conversation. It's the ability to facilitate a conversation that is needed. So many right. women need the space to be able to visit and get below the surface conversation because I think that's where, again, the therapeutic aspect of this comes, like the ability to connect and talk. And so I know that's true for my clients. That's probably not going to be true if you're, you've got a group of guys that are out there wanting to do a cycling trip. That's that's right. feeding a completely different narrative. Yep. Um, so I'm not so interested in what 
golf opportunities you have. So again, you know, just getting be the ability to get to know me, my clients, what it is that we're looking for, and how can we facilitate that in this environment. And, and then also to just know that can't be facilitated in our environment. And so we know to move on. So yeah. not trying to force something that can't be forced. So, you know, I'm hoping for anybody who's a consumer, who's a traveler, as you're listening to Crystal, think about the process you go through, whether you're just booking a family trip or a husband and wife, spouse trip, whatever, mm-hmm. um, or you're a group of women who are looking at a group doing it. That process of thinking, where are we going to go? What would we do there? What would it look like? Who do we talk to mm-hmm. on our own researching? And then how do we start comparing maybe apples to oranges? That's why you hire somebody like Crystal is because she does that every day. She's got the intuition and the knowledge of different service providers who may, she knows intuitively serve you best. Mm -hmm. And she cuts down the time that you spend on that. Um, She reduces the risk of making a mistake and choosing (laughs) somebody who looked great on a website, but didn't have that, that philosophy and that belief system that Crystal can pick up on intuitively, you know, talking to you. So in the, in the last couple of minutes that we're going to talk, um, what are you hoping for in terms of how people are going to look at travel coming out of this experience, both for the suppliers that you work with, the travel advisors that you and Ashley mentor, and mm-hmm. the consumers who are going to need some time to get their finances back in order. We're all going through a little bit of financial distress. Um, maybe some trust issues about our destinations healthy, our airline. I mean, you know, I'm not gonna get into whether or not airplanes are safe or not. I am not an expert on that. I do know what the statistics are and I would point people in the direction of you know, the CDC and the NIH on what they think about things like that. So that's not the debate here today or in any of these interviews. But we are going to go through that trust period. Yes. And, and how do you see in your role, both for consumers and travelers and people in the industry who you're trying to walk off the ledge, how do you <laughs> see that process happening? And how do you want to contribute to that? So I think it all starts with a conversation, right? Whether it's with whether it's where we are talking with other travel advisors or whether I'm talking to my clients, it all starts mm-hmm. with a conversation because at the end of the day, we don't want to make any knee-jerk reactions. When coronavirus, when we get the all clear and say, you can travel again, with the exception of the clients that I've already been talking to, I do not want to have knee-jerk reactions to say, all right, now we've got a book, 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 book. And I think at the end of the day, when we talk about, when we talk to our travel travel advisors and kinship vacations, the narrative that we are trying to control is to say, okay, I think we all need to take a big step back. What are our values? What is it that is important to us? What is it that we embody? Because I think so many travel advisors get thrown into this industry without ever having that conversation with themselves. So they don't know who their ideal client is. They don't know who they serve. They don't know what they serve. Um, They try to do a little bit of everything. And in that, they're not talking to anybody. And so what we're trying to do during this time leading up to travel advisors is to really get them to narrow down who it is that they serve, who it is that they focus and really, really love on that community because it's twofold. One, it comes off in a much more genuine way because they actually really mean it because they really love on that community. And um, 
that love is totally returned because you're vibing with each other at that point. So from the, what we were talking our travel agent side, that's what we talk about. And then if you're really loving on your community, when we come from a place of love, we're making all the right decisions. We know exactly how to advise our clients because we know our clients, we know what their risk mitigation is. We know what it is that they're willing to take on. We know what it is that they're looking to do. So we know already then also what suppliers serve them. We know who, we know what the supplier policies are. All of that just becomes, just lines up beautifully if you know exactly who you serve. And then from my client standpoint, it's the same thing. I know who my clients are. I love all my clients. I know exactly what we want to do to take care of them. So it's going to be a matter of going right back to business and continuing doing that. Yep. Continuing to have the conversations of how we can keep that ball rolling and how we can do it, you know, and then assuring them because at the end of the day, we're all getting fired with so much information constantly. It doesn't matter. And, and everybody has something a little bit different to say. So the great thing about talking to a travel advisor is like I said, we have been eat, breathing and sleeping coronavirus and we're getting all of the same information you are. So the great thing is that we're actually taking the time though to sift through it because it's professionally part of our job right now yeah. to sift through all that information and really be able to point you, the client in the right direction and be able to kind of cut through all of that noise for you and then save you the time from having to do that yourself. So to wrap it up, um, where do you want to travel first when, oh. when the world is reopened and you're ready to go? Super easy. I have a trip planned to Slovenia <laughs> that I still have tentatively planned. And then, um, my husband hikes the West Highland way in Scotland every year. And he was scheduled to go in April, which is obviously not taking place right now, but I'm pretty sure as soon as this ban gets lifted the minute he can get out of the store he's he's gonna so those are uh specifically what's on our radar right now <laughs> i'll tell you there are so many places i've yet to travel i'm italian i've never been to italy go figure um so oh well, we've got to rectify that like oh, yeah. in so many ways oh we absolutely do <laughs> if you need help with that i know a few people we could talk to i know a good <laughs> travel advisor <laughs> yeah Okay, so the takeaways for anybody paying attention, um, listen, you don't want to do this yourself, um, especially in the environment that we live in today, especially with the skills and the talents that are out there. Um, you know, some travel advisors do charge fees and they are well worth you paying fees. In fact, mm -hmm. I wish that 100% of travel advisors would charge fees to the marketplace because if I go on Expedia, if I go on booking.com, they are making me take time and money out of my pocket on how I could be earning an income. And I'm literally paying them. Uh, uh, they're, you know, taking time away from me, money away from me. So therefore I'm paying, you know, in another form, a travel advisor who's somebody you connect with, who's got the skill set, the experience, the intuition to fine tune this investment. If you're going to spend thousands of dollars traveling to Italy, that's an investment and, don't you want to spend just a little bit more to get a talented person who's going to make sure they get it right for you? And God forbid we have a crisis. They're the one who's going to take care of mm -hmm. fixing all those problems. So, Crystal, thank you for being our inaugural interview here oh, at Travel for having with me. Us. Um, Please, people, um, Crystal, what is your website? 
So you can find me at serendipitoustraveler.com. And then, like I said, I work as the marketing strategist for Kinship Vacations. So kinshipvacations.com is where you can also find me. And we are going to try to get Ashley, who is one of Crystal's partners. We're going to try to get Ashley live on this channel on mm -hmm. Friday so you can learn more. If you're a military spouse and you're looking to learn more about what Crystal does, what Ashley does, and thinking, is this an opportunity for me to help supplement my income? You can learn a little bit more from Ashley. If you're a traveler who maybe you didn't make a connection with, with Crystal during these last 30 minutes, I don't know why you wouldn't, but if you didn't, you're looking for another person, you can, you can check in with Ashley and see if she connects with you tomorrow. We've got Wendy Guth, who is my favorite oh. rebel on the go. Yeah. Wendy is so fabulous. That's the greatest thing about this industry is we work with so many cool people. And that's the greatest thing. Like you said, if, if I'm not a good fit for you, I know somebody who is. Right. I know somebody who is. So I'm always and, happy to refer out. To and if I can say one thing about people like Crystal and Ashley and Wendy, and I could name a mm -hmm. couple of dozen others, these are the most generous people you are ever going to meet. Their hearts somehow have been changed and connected through travel. They are united in making travel experiences fantastic for people. And they don't see people as an opportunity of, of scarcity. It truly is this phrase, you know, the opportunity of abundance and that the more we work together, the bigger the pie is not the number of pieces that I eat or you eat. And that is why I adore people like Crystal and Wendy and Ashley. And I hope you get to meet dozens and dozens of them over the next few weeks as we are sheltering at home, because I want you to pick one of them. Aaron and I want you to start aligning and connecting and uniting with people like these people, because they are going to be the people who get us traveling again in a profound life-changing way. So Crystal, thank you for everything that you do. Well, oh, thank you so much for having me. And uh, we're hoping to connect um, with Crystal again. We're not, this won't be the last time you'll see her on this channel. We're going to figure out other ways to get her engaged and to help you connect with her. So um, stay tuned for that. Thanks again. Bye, Crystal. Bye.